0: Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's the uh,
1: end, of, end of a long weekend. A very long weekend, uh, yes. I hope I still remember how to do my job when I go back
0: tomorrow. Um. If you ever did. <laughs> There's one thing I know about you, David, It's that you are just a total uh, half-ass all the way.
1: Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, you don't have to tell the listeners that. <laughs>
0: They've been listening to me
1: half-assed my way through 140 episodes Oh, my um, But uh, my, my, I, I haven't gotten as much rest this weekend as you'd think on a four-day weekend My right. sleep schedule is all off Why is that? Because doing? you and I both attended the uh, the Never Not Funny podcast
0: That's right 9 uh, p.m. Was, Friday night to 6 a.m. Saturday morning Yeah, it was a lot of fun It was a lot of fun And you better believe that I was back there schmoozing and trying to get more guests That's for you, everybody <laughs> I, you know, I was I was there in the audience. You know, making just you know making uh, my presence known, and then Dave was donating, the scenes. helping to change change a kid's life. That's right over there in most likely India. Is that what it is? Is that uh, it's it's the
1: Smile Train. Yeah, uh, people can go to smiletrain dot something org. I don't know. Um, I think uh, there's a link
0: still up at podcast. You can go to dot
1: podcast dot com and donate. Um, yeah, and they uh, it's a they take uh, really poor kids who have uh, cleft palates, yeah. which is more prevalent there uh, than here, and
0: they—it's a, it's a quick uh, surgery, and it completely changes the person's life. I realize this is, this might uh, set set a terrible tone for this episode, but uh, why is it more prevalent there? I you, have no do idea. They, do they have any theories as to why, or is it just uh, just uh, a strange genetic kind of thing?
1: It's just—I think it's probably because there are. A whole lot of poor people there, okay, and it probably people who are like pe- pregnant women probably aren't getting the same nutrition as a, oh, okay. pregnant women uh, who are who are more wealthy. You know, I gotcha. So it's probably this is just my uh, I have done no research by the way. That's yeah. just my guess is that it's probably more prevalent among uh r- in poverty because okay. of nutrition.
0: Okay, so what and, you're saying and is so the it's, people... it's the reason
1: it's more prevalent is India in India is because there's such a huge it's such a huge population, and right. so much of it is impoverished. All right, so rich people are better looking, is what you're saying? They, they, I guess they have a bit of an advantage if they're. Genetically, at least. No, if, if they're. If the pregnant women are nutritious, oh, all right. you probably have a better chance of being good looking, I'm guessing. Once okay. again, I've done
0: no research. Right. I have a, a, a film degree. Yeah. Interesting anyway so uh <laughs> so yeah it was it was a lot of fun and we uh got to see a lot of great comics and it was just it was good stuff and and as uh, as david said it was for a good cause And it, it was, to was be a it part w- of it
1: yeah it was, it was it was of course friends of the show jimmy pardo matt belknap and pat francis yeah and friend of the show jimmy door was there too uh in the in the wee hours of the morning
0: i was kind of bummed out that there weren't more friends of the show on who do you, who'd, who'd you want?
1: You wanted a Graham Elwood?
0: Like a, yeah, like a, Graham, like a Mike Siegel. A Bill
1: Dwyer. Bill Dwyer.
0: Yeah. Sure, yeah. How many uh, Sklars? How, let's see, what are the other guests that we've yeah, stolen? Uh, Jen
1: Kirkman. Jen Kirkman? But well, They stole Jen Kirkman from us. They sure did. We had her first.
0: We sure did.
1: Anyway, you know what? Let's not do this. Let's, uh, okay. Now, <laughs> we usually do our announcements at the end of the show, but Tyler, you're afraid people are tuning out because that's what you do. <laughs> at the yeah, end of the podcast. Uh,
0: I listen to a lot of podcasts and uh usually in the last five minutes whenever somebody says, Alright, well you can contact me here and it's just like, Oh, okay, so the it's time for the announcements and I've heard them before, so I will now turn them turn it's time to go to my next podcast. Um and so uh so that's my so that's my theory. And uh I will assume that you guys are doing the same thing. I'm kinda of projecting, I suppose. And uh yeah, You are so, speaking a little loud. Um that's well, my, it's my, th- it's my the- I'm, I'm playing to the back row of the <laughs> right. podcast listener.
1: Um, uh, but, um man, I, I keep coughing. <clears throat> so, let's get the uh, announcements out of the way.
0: I, I had, I got like a thing in my, in my chest. I don't know. Um, it seemed odd to me that you said, I keep coughing. What you should have said is, I'm about to cough, because I didn't know what to do now. Because you looked like you had more to say, and then you were starting to cough, and... And now we all just have to listen to you cough. Now we have to listen to you talk about it.
1: Yeah. Let's get on to the announcements, which people love. Fair, Fair <laughs> um, enough. All right. Well, oh, we're still... G- I, I forgot to mention it on Twitter, but uh, if you have any any questions, I think we're going to call it, like, what, Ask BP? Sure, why
0: not? Yeah, okay. We can probably if, come if up you, with something better than that, but that's fine.
1: But yeah, let's, uh, temporarily we're going to call it uh, Ask BP. Just send a yeah. Twitter... Uh, t- Tweet me a question over at at the pretension if you want to see us in in a short video segment on the website and possibly on probably on YouTube. Yeah, you know what? Uh,
0: What the hell? Let's just call it stupid question of the week. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not
1: okay. Uh, So that's that's my announcement. You had an announcement.
0: Oh man, or uh, or a plea? Really? uh, There. That now we're talking. Uh, Yeah. So uh, so as as uh, astute listeners know, uh, my other podcast, More Than One Lesson, uh, has been nominated for a podcast award. Uh, in the religion inspiration uh, category, and uh, the last day to vote is tomorrow, uh, November thirtieth. And uh, by the way, there's a chance this podcast might not go up until
1: tomorrow night because of my computer issues. Ugh. it depends Whoa. on if wait, it's what? done tonight or not. If my computer is fixed tonight, then the podcast will go up tonight. If not, then wait. I have like to wait
0: how to- late? What do you mean? Like before midnight?
1: Tomorrow night? Yeah. Shortly before midnight tomorrow night. Well, go- I'm glad we're doing this at the <laughs> beginning. Damn it! <laughs> I, I, I I didn't know that 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 uh, the, pod, the the voting ended tomorrow. I would have said something.
0: All right, all right, everybody, all right, stop listening violet. right now. Na- not right now. Listen to these instructions. Then stop listening. Go over. Go to podcastawards.com. All right, and then. Uh, and then go down to the religion inspiration category, click on more than one lesson, then it's going to ask for your name and your email address. It will send you an email that you have to click to verify your vote. Uh, I would really like to mobilize our listener, uh, our listeners so that I win this thing. I was not expecting uh, to be nominated really at all, uh, but now that I have been, I, I would really like to win uh, for uh, for several reasons, uh, I, I won't really list them all here, but uh, but yeah, I'd like to win. I'm I'm not necessarily banking on it, but my hope is that I can I can utilize our num our numbers, David, to benefit me. Well, I'm uh, tweeting it right now. Oh, the, okay, now we're talking. Yeah, all right. I guess that's something. Okay, so can we can we get onto the show now? Yeah, you got. It sounded to me like you you had something to say.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing. Robert Zemeckis' *The Christmas Carol* has come out. I've seen it. Yes, it, it, it came out. Uh, Twenty twelve came out. It sure did. Uh, I I was pretty much out of upcoming movies to hate before I've seen them because all the all the movies I hated have all come right. out. Sounds yes, to me like you got something. Yesterday, I saw the trailer for Tim Burton's *Alice in Wonderland*. Disney's okay. *Alice in Wonderland*, directed by Tim Burton, yeah. and and in uh, a surprise twist, starring Johnny Depp. Uh, <laughs> it looks god awful. It uh, looks like. Uh if I were in high school I would have said hey when I was like a stupid teenager I would have said hey it'd be cool if Tim Burton did Alice in Wonderland Yeah uh it's it's and he and what I would have thought he did is exactly what it looks like he did the most Uh, Tim Burton doing Alice in Wonderland is the most obvious thing in the world. Yeah. And the way that he seems to be interpreting it is the most obvious thing in the world. Yeah. And also,
0: Alice is supposed to be a little girl. She's not supposed to be good-looking or sexy. Well, now, apparently, this is uh, not a strict uh, adaptation of the book. It is her returning to Wonderland. (sighs) More reasons to hate it. After she's grown up and gotten sexy. Yeah, more reasons to hate it. Yeah. uh, Everything about it. It, it was just, everything about it is just as, as you said. Like it's so obvious. It was just such a foregone conclusion. Like so little inspiration went into choosing him. Yeah, and I'm somebody who I I appreciate uh, what Tim Burton does when he's able to do it right. And you know, but I I, 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 think, like, I think we've lost Tim Burton. I don't think he's going to return. I like Sweeney Todd. Uh, I didn't see it. Um, but like. But yeah, I mean, I, I I liked his Batman movies. I liked Beetlejuice, uh, Sleepy Hollow. I I really, I like him. But at the same time, he's very predictable. And getting him for like after after he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he's like, well, now it's just a ticking clock until <laughs> Alice, Alice in Wonderland comes out. <laughs> and sure enough, there it is. Like it's just so so little inspiration was behind it. Everyone just like. Well I guess this is what we have to do, right? Is that the only
1: thing to decide now is which role Johnny Depp should play. Right. <laughs> he can't play Alice, sadly. Oh man. <laughs> I'm sure Tim Burton is a uh, is,
0: is 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 mourning that uh, lost opportunity. I'm sure he's just like, Oh fuck you, Lewis Carroll. <laughs> um Yeah, we could go with like Alex in Wonderland or something like that. <laughs> right. But uh I mean as long as they're reinterpreting, um Ugh. Yeah, it's uh some of the other casting decisions I, I kind of like though. I don't um, really know them who. I believe uh Stephen Fry is the Cheshire Cat. That's cool. And I like yeah, that. I like him. Um and there's there's a couple others that I and like Miranda Richardson is the as the the uh Queen of Hearts. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Seems like a good choice. Yeah, it it could have been Helen Bonham Carter. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she's in there somewhere she's now that be. I think about it. But uh It's a wonder she's not playing Alice. Oh yeah. Oh, and some like motion capture kind of thing. Um <laughs> but the uh yeah, and of course it's just and you're right. It's exactly it's just his he was he was made to make this film. Yeah. Which is frustrating because it's just like, oh, so now that this is made, there's probably it's probably going to be like another 10 years before anyone attempts a live action Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And uh we've I'd already like got to see...
1: in my in, in my opinion, Jan Myers. Uh, stop motion Alice in Wonderland is the, is the greatest film adaptation there is of it, and I also, I also think it's the best thing that he did. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, I know little. I know a lot of people like Little Otic, but no. uh, uh, it's it's impressive, but it's it's too long and yeah. uh, too repetitive. Whereas if you haven't seen, is it just called Alice? Alice. Yeah. If you haven't seen Jan Spankmeyer's Alice, which is not all stop motion, there's stop motion in it. Right. Uh, I should have been clear. With that, um, uh, do yourself a favor and go rent it. It's available on Netflix. You can you can get it.
0: Yeah, and it might actually be available on the uh, Watch Instantly Oh, that'd be great, Netflix. And uh, because you want instant access to that horrifying film, <laughs> uh, I was I saw it on PBS when I was like twelve. Oh, that must have been terrifying. It was terrifying, <laughs> because, but I couldn't look away because I, you know, it was unlike anything I had ever seen. And most of his stuff, for good or ill is will be unlike anything you've ever seen yeah um and that's that's what's kind of neat about him but uh what's your favorite film adaptation of alice in wonderland i
1: really do love the disney version oh yeah um i, I don't want it to sound like i was denigrating it i just right. prefer the spank version
0: um yeah i think i think probably the the disney version just because i remember reading a review that said oh they take alice in wonderland and make it syrupy sweet do they <laughs> The film the Disney adaptation's a little creepy as well. And hey, you know what I watched the other day? Change the that? subject
1: a little bit? Watch Dumbo, or at least parts of Dumbo. Yeah. And the uh, really long uh, that was something I didn't remember about the
0: like hallucinatory Pink elephants?
1: Like, thing is how long it goes on. Yeah.
0: And how awesome it is. It's really yeah, it's a... It, that that thing is just like a marvel of animation. You can tell that someone's just like Alright, look, we've got a hallucinatory sequence, everybody. <laughs> I don't know how it got past the sensor or whatever, but like <laughs> let's do it. Um yeah, those early Disney films were were great and like uh it was it was in fact um the uh it was Disney's interpretation of the Cheshire Cat that made me fall in love with that character voiced by uh Sterling Holloway who you would know as the the voice of the adorable Winnie the Pooh. Oh, right. And just like I Wait, would Wait, never... he, he does it voice in The Jungle Book too, Yeah, right? he does. He's Kaa, uh, yeah. the snake. Yeah. Um he shows up a lot in Disney films but just you know, I never th- when I think of his voice, I think of this cuddly kind of thing, but he does he's able to use it to really frightening creepy effect mm-hmm. in Alice in Wonderland and and Edwin as the Mad Hatter is is great like he just has these little these little like offhand comments that I have to assume were perhaps ad-libbed. Um I really enjoy it and it's just and to me that's why cuz I remember uh, both Jen and myself, uh, when we saw Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, we both knew, like <laughs> ever, like we all knew, that it's uh-huh. uh, like well, it's it's only a matter of time before uh-huh. he turns his attention, or perhaps has his attention turned for him, right. to Alice in Wonderland, and that's totally wrong because he'll do exactly the wrong thing, which is he will, he will make it purposely creepy, and the idea behind, uh, the reason that I think Charlie in the Chocolate Factory didn't work is that it was so purposely creepy that you're just that the viewer is on their guard from the jump. Yeah. You know, and it's like no no no, you need to be lulled into how delightful this all is and how beautiful it all is only to have it turn into a nightmare. Well, the greatest you can't thing about the start is th- a nightmare. The greatest thing
1: about the book is that no matter how weird stuff gets in the book, yeah, everyone behaves as if nothing weird is going on and it makes you feel like you're going, you're a little crazy. Yeah. Like uh which, which is yeah, a very uh, uh, sort of a hallucinatory experience uh, in itself. But um, anyway, so uh, so yeah, I saw that trailer. My my hate my hate hate tank is refueled until there March, and uh, I say we uh, after a brisk fifteen minutes we uh, get into it. Absolutely, you know, should we? Shall we? Yeah, that's good. Now, David, we, what we? are we talking about today? Uh, we talked about um, two weeks ago. We did our um, top ten movies of the decade, right? Uh, and um, I sort of off. Handedly mentioned that we should have done a uh, uh, underseen movies yeah. of the decade, and uh, and uh, you decided that would be a good uh, idea for an episode, and I concurred.
0: Yeah, so that's what we're doing: Un- underseen movies of the aughts. You know, here's the thing: I, because I I uh, wrote this down uh, on my notes as overlooked. That's how I keep thinking about it. So every okay. time you say "underseen," I always think you're about to say under siege. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, look, I'd love to do an episode on that. Don't get me wrong. And under siege to dark territory starring Eric Bogosian. But like, you know, I've never seen either one of those films. Really? I've never seen under siege. It's uh, I will however, it's be what, watching you know, Steven
1: Seagal Lawman on A&E. There's no doubt in my mind. I'll be watching that. It's intriguing, isn't it?
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. You should watch under siege. I think you would like it. Really? I, you know who the villain is. Yeah. It's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. With a side of Gary Busey. Oh, yeah!
1: I can't go wrong with that. There you go. And but it's not just Die Hard on a boat, or it is just Die Hard. Oh, it's on that. Boats, but, but I would it's, like it. But it's
0: you'd still like it. Okay. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's good old uh, crazy Tommy Lee Jones. Under Siege Two is that also on a boat? Uh, Dark Territory. No, that's on a train.
1: Okay, it's but it a, is on no, a hang thing. On.
0: Is on a train? No, I think it, I think there's a plane. You know, I think there's a plane, train, maybe even an automobile or two. <laughs> okay. But I think it's, I think some of it's on a plane, some of it's on a train I think and what's think it, wh- <laughs> what's next Dr. Seuss <laughs> <laughs> Uh helicopter doesn't rhyme <laughs> oh, a, oh a whirly bird um, alright so uh, yeah I think you'd enjoy both of them actually okay maybe I'll see so, him. I mean I, right. I, I'm sorry I, I'm not a big fan of the die hard
1: on a blank genre you yeah. know I'm not a fan of uh, passenger 57 oh yeah or, uh, it's the only one that leaves to mind. What else is there? There are probably others. Under Siege, I think, is Under probably Siege, one of them. Yeah, yeah. But I saw Passenger 57. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is not o- organized into like a top 10 for me. There's a, I went by there's, year. There's only about a dozen. You've got a whole bunch. Yeah, I had a longer list, and then my computer fucked up, so I had to sort of throw together a list. So you're kind of going to be steering on this episode. I hope you're okay with that. Steering this ship. Okay, but we're gonna. So we're gonna do. We're gonna go year by year, right? All right. Yeah. Uh, so so let's just do that. Let's start with uh, with 2000. Okay. Uh, which I don't
0: have anything for because I lost my list. All right. Well, I've got uh, I've got a few, and of course these are just these are films that I've i really don 't know if they were if they were underseen uh at the time, mm-hmm. but they are movies that i 've noticed people have have kind of stopped talking about as the as the years okay. have progressed, and I feel like they they deserve uh perhaps it 's you know movies that deserve a second look you know? okay. um and so uh in the spirit of fantastic mr fox there 's a movie that you and I both enjoyed i believe we saw it together called Chicken Run oh yeah, we did see that together. That's a delightful film yeah and i haven 't thought about it yeah in so long. You didn't think about it when seeing Fantastic Mr. No, Fox, really? Didn't occur to me. Man, it's like the first thing that popped into my head. For we saw Chicken reasons. Run in
1: in Lincoln, Nebraska, we sure right? Did. Yeah, and Not uh, that. yeah, and so we, we were I, staying at that bed and breakfast, right? Oh man, <laughs> it was our first one of those weekend getaways that we <laughs> Battleship Retention <laughs> does, yeah. Oh, even back before, we still called ourselves Battleship <laughs> Retention at the time, but we just we were podcasted. just waiting for them to invent the podcast.
0: Oh, uh, we kept uh, we kept uh, pitching ourselves to radio stations, um, but yeah, Chicken Run—it's just so—it's from the same guys that do uh, Wallace and Gromit, sure. And it's just such a—you know—I won't go into a lot of detail, but it's just such a delightful film uh, for for children. And I think it's—I'd say it's unapologetically for children, but it's still so it's just so much fun to watch yeah. that uh that I don't think adults can can deny it. And of course, they went on to do uh, Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit, which I also love.
1: So, yeah. Um by the way, I loved Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox. Yes. I know you liked it too. Yes, a lot. I did. And uh what do you think this is a tangent already? Okay. But um we talked about where the wild things are and and, and talked about whether or not a child would actually enjoy yeah. where the wild things are. Um and
0: uh, I've heard people say the same thing about Fantastic Mr. Fox, but
1: I think there's no doubt in my mind a child would enjoy
0: Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think a, I think a child would be much more inclined to enjoy Fantastic Mr. Fox than where the wild things are.
1: Yeah, but I think it's just people wanting to read too much into the fact that Wes Anderson and Noah Baumbach wrote it. Yeah, you know, like oh, you know, clearly because of the movies they've made, it's not it's not for kids. But it's I think it's stayed. a Roald doll children's story, and even though they definitely injected some of their. Sensibility
0: into yeah. it, the 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 plot is still the plot of a kids movie. Yeah, the, yeah, you you hit it right on the head by specifying it was rolled doll, and his stuff is has always had kind of an odd, slightly darker tint to it. Uh-huh. I love rolled doll, and so, um, so yeah, it's it, it captures that absolutely, and so uh, so I think that kids would enjoy it because I feel like it's true to the spirit of the book, whereas where the wild things are. Um, I enjoyed the film certainly, and I um, think it's true to the spirit of the book while, where the wild
1: things are. But it, it
0: it changes a lot of the things. I I, I, I think that's something we can talk about uh, in a couple months. Okay. So, um, all right. So <clears throat> Chicken Run, another one is is a movie that you and I watched together and really enjoyed, which is Nurse Betty. Oh yeah, and that's okay. the, You know what though. I'm gonna
1: disagree. I think *Derspayne* doesn't hold up. Really? And when I've 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 re- revisited it, uh, I didn't like it as much. You didn't like it as much. Oh, I still that's like the 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 part when Mark, Morgan Freeman says, "Yeah, yeah, tall blonde." Did they did they mention Grace? Yeah. Did they say anything about poise? <laughs> that's that's the best part of the movie.
0: Yeah, th- I
1: gotta stop doing that. This is the second week in a row when I've just like quoted
0: movies to make. Me, make, make myself laugh But that's the thing is It's a comedy And there's I feel like there's actually A lot of quotable lines But I really think That it's the relationship Between Morgan Freeman And Chris Rock That really drives it forward um, Definitely And I it's uh, You know It's a very It's it, It's also a surprisingly Dark film uh, oh, yeah. At times But it's one that uh, It's really one of the only times I've really You like Renee Zellweger A lot more than I do um, And it's really Is only, that true? Yeah I think so Yeah I guess I do I like, uh, I think mostly because of Down with Love. Yeah, is the main you know what, reason uh, I, that uh, I like enough. her
1: so much. But I, th- I think she can act when she wants to.
0: Yeah, and I think the I think the character in Nurse Betty really suited her, and I I, I liked everybody in it.
1: Now is New in Town on your list? Speaking of Renee Zellweger movies, hang on, let me flip the page. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> it, I, it is, but I didn't bold it, so we're not going to talk about <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Um, so another one which I just think. It's a it's a very good movie, uh, but I I would say watch it only if you're a big fan of film and just really like appreciating certain achievements, uh, which is a movie called Time Code, uh, directed by Mike Figgis. Yeah. Um, you know it's it's a movie that just blew me away at the time, uh-huh. uh, and I still really and I still enjoy it, but it's more of a it's more of just an extended ex- uh, experiment. Yeah. Uh, than anything else, but there's some neat there is some character stuff going on. And, uh, and I like it a great deal. But Danny uh, Houston is in it. Danny Houston sure is in it, yeah. Which is really a reason to see a movie for me. Yeah. And yet, you have, and yet you've not yet seen The Proposition. Uh, no, I know. I've got to see that. Um, and then the last one that I might go into a bit more detail on is uh, Wonder Boys. So is that underseen or, or overlooked? I, I think it is now. Everybody I know likes it. Everyone, everyone I know that has seen it has, has liked it. But I don't know many people that have seen it is the thing. We run in different circles. I guess that's I all. Guess, my friends I guess have seen that. Wonder Boys.
1: It's a prerequisite for being friends with me.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> all right, fair enough. It's a good movie. Uh, yeah, and it did win. It did win uh, an Oscar for best song. Uh, but it's a uh, it's a Curtis Hansen film. It's the one he did between L.A. Confidential and Eight Mile and i feel like it has been and i myself don't think about it a lot but every time i think about it i like i want to watch that i i feel like it's it's one of michael douglas's best performances yeah um because he he often seems like a a guy who uh very much has his life under control like it's it's hard for him to seem like kind of a sloppy disorganized person um and even when his when he plays a character who's losing control like in falling down he still remains very uh you know uh what I don't know, organized and just very sure, okay, structured, sure. just yeah, like a very structured right. person. Uh, but in it's Wonder also Boys, a great use of Tobey Maguire.
1: Yeah, who I think um, I'm not sure how much I think he's a great actor. I think he's yeah. I think he's limited and can be great when used well. Yeah, which is why I'm a little uh, another tangent already, but a little uh, trepidatious about Brothers. Yeah, having seen the the original, the Susan Beers, uh, Suzanne Beers, whatever uh, the original film. And knowing what uh, he's going to be called on to do in yeah. Brothers, I, I you know what? I'm placing my trust in Jim Sheridan because I'm a fan yeah. of Jim Sheridan. So
0: Yeah, it looks like they're requiring him to go places emotionally that he hasn't on screen before, uh-huh. uh, which can be exciting, but also just like maybe there's a reason he hasn't gone there i think he's a i think he's a character actor who somehow has managed to achieve uh lead status but he's very much supporting in wonder boys uh yeah and i wanted to talk to you about brothers some more because i do you okay it's uh, it i like jim sheridan
1: so much yeah as as director you know and uh you know when he does like in america he's got uh, patty considine is that how you say yep. it? Uh, Perfect, great fit. Not just because they're both Irish, but yeah. yeah, but but great fit. But I feel like Jim Sheridan makes adult movies, mm-hmm. and you've got Tim McGuire, Jake Hall, and Natalie Portman. Yeah, not people I really think of as adult movie actors to to be maybe to be this honest. is their transition. Let's hope. Let's hope so, because I'm not actually really a big fan of either any of those people. They've been good. You know, Jake yeah. Hall was, of course, in 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 uh, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, which is Natalie amazing. Natalie
0: Portman's really good and closer. I don't like Closer. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Closer, but I do like Clive Owen's performance, and I like her performance. Okay. Um. So it appear I like half of it. Okay. Um, so uh, so Wonder Boys. Wonder it's Boys. just it, it's it's really great. It's just it, basically it's about a, this college professor whose life is uh, systematically falling apart. A lot of it, a lot of it because uh, he has made a lot of very bad decisions. And uh, and it's just a a, a Series of wonderful performances. Uh, most, I would say, uh, from uh, Michael Douglas, who I- is an actor who's not been called upon to do uh, a m- much as an actor in the last ten years. But this was really—I uh, I remember this came out the same year as Traffic, and I was like, "Oh man, look at Michael Douglas! He has declared himself, you know, uh-huh. as like a—you know—he's uh, back and he's doing great." Doing great work, but I don't really remember much uh, beyond that in the last ten years. But that movie, Wonder Boys, is really, uh, really something.
1: Well, let's hope uh, he brings it in Wall Street too. Um. Rise of the Machines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, um, so you don't have anything for two thousand, right? No,
1: I've got very. I, I'm going to have to. Uh, I know I keep. I, I never put anything on the, on our blog anymore, which is sad. Yeah. Uh, I keep meaning to do that. I think I'm going to have to post like a longer list on the blog because I really yeah. did lose everything and i can't remember most of them okay uh Uh, and i threw this one together last minute i feel kind of bad okay well i'll jump to uh
0: 2001 2001 i don't have anything for that either okay uh well you can chime in with some of these uh so i've got another animated film that uh i love and i know you do as well it's called Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. <laughs> I did like that a whole lot. It's better than it has any business being. And yeah. and it's uh, gorgeous to look at. It's really... It's
1: funny. Do you remember people talking about how when it came out, like, oh, it's almost photorealistic, you know? <laughs> and now you see the trailer for Avatar, <laughs> yeah. and it's amazing how
0: far motion capture has come, and yet how far it still has to go. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and so Final Fantasy, it's... Uh, I don't know anything about the games, Uh I'm just judging the film on its own merits, and on its own merits, it's it's really wonderful to watch, and it's it has fairly strong characters and some neat concepts, but primarily, just visually, it's astounding. Um, I will also bring up uh, The Cat's Meow. Oh, that's a great one. That should have been my... Uh,
1: uh, it probably would have been. But yes, The Cat's Meow is a great movie, yeah. and one that I own on DVD and actually re-watch regularly, yeah. because well, it's I'll let so you, much fun to I'll watch. I'll
0: let you talk about it. Go ahead. What's it about?
1: Uh it it takes place on and I can't remember the name of the boat. Oh, I don't recall. Uh but it's um uh William Randolph Hearst's boat mm-hmm. and, and he's he's uh taken not I can't remember her name. Marion Davies. Marion Davies, played by Kirsten Dunst in one of her best performances. It's alongside Virgin Suicides for me for yeah. a great great Kirsten Dunst work. Um and uh it's it's her is it her birthday? I, I I think so, yeah. Or is it his birthday? It might be his birthday now that I think of it. I say I watch it all the time, and right. yet I can't remember any of the details about it. But um, Charlie Chaplin is there, is played wonderfully by Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Ince is there, is played wonderfully by Cary Ellis. Yeah. Uh, and it's... What happened in, in real life, they went on this boat for whoever's birthday it was, and Thomas Ince died. Yeah. It came back dead. Yeah. Um, and uh, this movie just sort of imagines one... Possible scenario, one yeah. one possible chain of events that might have happened aboard that boat that led to Thomas, Thomas Innes dying.
0: Yeah, it was a very fam- we won't say what it is, but it was a very famous rumor. Yeah, uh, that a lot of people accepted as true. Right, um, and so this is uh, the dramatization of that, and it's it's funny and it, and it features uh, just in general, like you mentioned, everybody uh, except Edward Herman as William Randolph Hearst. Yeah, and he who gives a great performance. But I also didn't
1: mention. Um, the uh, Jennifer Tilley is great. <laughs> and she can be great when she's used like in Bullets yeah. Over Broadway. She's yeah. she's awesome. I like Jennifer Tilly Yeah. And then um what's her name from uh Abfab? Joanna, Joanna Lumley? Yeah. Yeah. Who is also really good. Yeah. If you if you hate Abfab the way I do, don't hold it against her. Yeah. Uh it, she's very she's very she's very good. Yeah. And it's uh, directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Peter Bogdanovich is, uh... and it's shot by Bruno Del Bonel who okay. also shot Amelie and has done a a bunch of other stuff. Oh all right. And the um it's it's a it's a commentary I, I, and special features i would urge you to to explore because mm-hmm. uh most of what they shot on that boat was shot on a boat that size it's not a sound stage very little yeah. of it is is in a sound stage and when so when you see what uh bruno delbon allen whoever his steady cam operator is who probably deserves billing alongside him yeah. would you see what they were able to to do with lighting and camera movement in this in these tiny corridors and and, and it, it, the movie has so much it's it's crammed in this small space, except and and yet it has so much like life and verve, and it's always moving forward and it's yeah. uh but not necessarily moving forward. It's kind of meandering a little too yeah, but at, at with with uh, with all deliberate speed
0: yeah. It That's uh, it has a ver- <laughs> very strange. Um, <laughs> it has a very uh Park esque feel to it. I, I I feel like, and not just because uh, it's rich people and uh, you know it's kind of a period and there's piece there's a murder and there's a murder or a death. Or a death. Well, okay. Yeah, there's a murder. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, so I'll mention uh, just two more. One is uh, the film that kind of put Ryan Gosling on the map for me, which is uh, called The Believer, about a uh, neo-Nazi, a young neo-Nazi who happens to also be Jewish uh, himself, and just the kind of uh, self-hatred required for that. Uh, It's not a great film, but But it does... But it's a great performance. It's a great performance.
1: Yeah, and then... Ryan Gosling was great in that. And then, then half Nelson, I really
0: liked him in that. Yeah,
1: but what I'm saying is he was great in the Believer, and then he did like Murder by Numbers in the United States of and I yeah. thought it began to I began to think that it was a fluke yeah. that he was good in the Believer. Uh because it seemed like he just had a very small bag of tricks. Yeah. And then yeah, boom, half
0: Nelson. All of a sudden he's yeah. great again. Which I think is probably his best performance, but this one it's just it is, as one would expect, very intense, uh-huh. uh, but it deserves to be, and there's a lot of emotional notes for him to hit, and he hits them all beautifully without overplaying them. Uh, and then the last one of uh, 2001, okay, i got to move it along, is uh, Scotland PA, <laughs> which is a film that uh, I think you and I have probably talked about before, but yeah. it's, oh boy, it deserves to be watched so much.
1: Yeah, and it's it's uh, James LeGros, yeah. LeGros uh, Maura Tierney, uh, Christopher Walken is in it. Yeah. Um uh, James Reborn, yeah. Uh, Kevin Corrigan oh, yeah. is is great. Yeah. Um, Andy Dick is in it. Yeah, a- yeah. Amy Smart. Yeah. It's got a Speed great cast. Speed Levitch. Speed Levitch is in it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's got a great cast, and it's for those who don't know, it's the story of Macbeth, only it's set in Pennsylvania in the 1970s yeah. in the burgeoning fast food
0: industry. Yeah. Uh, that that's about all you need to know. Yeah, and it's very, and what's fascinating about it is that it's very funny, but. As it is Macbeth, I do notice the laughs kind of stop after a while, uh-huh. and that's when that's when uh, the great cast really comes through because they need to be able to transition from pretty solid comedy into f- very serious tragedy uh, without you really noticing. And yeah, and you do, and, and uh, you and don't. And it's notice, still but, being
1: about a drive-through. Yeah, the whole time, like yeah. it's
0: as serious as it
1: gets. It's still about a drive-through, and that's. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite an achievement because it sounds like uh, just a fun idea yeah. on on paper, and they actually make a, a really good movie out of it.
0: Yeah, and uh, Maura Tierney. Well, everyone does a great job, but you know, Lord, Lady Macbeth, which is basically who she's playing. Uh, is always, it's always a great performance, you know, always gives a, an actress, like a classical British actress, like, oh, it's my chance to shine. And you would never think that Maura Tierney would get to play Lady Macbeth. Yeah. But you do hear, and she's really great. And uh, it's just a, just a good movie in general. Let's by, move the, on. by the way, oh, I, don't,
1: I, I don't have, I've never been one of those guys who has like a thing with his girlfriend where he each have a list of five famous people that right. you're allowed or whatever. Right. But if I did, oh, man.
0: She's great. Oh, and she's gorgeous. She really is. Yeah. Um okay, uh so 2002 do Okay, I this
1: is actually the the movie that didn't make my original list mm-hmm. that uh is the reason I wanted to do like talk about underseen movies. Okay. Uh is because of this movie May. May, honest. uh directed by by Lucky McKee. Um you'll probably find it in the horror section and I guess that's where it belongs. Yeah. But it really just belongs in its own bizarre as fuck section. <laughs> um the BAF section. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's a it's a movie that I can't even imagine some of these scenes being on set because they're so uncomfortable and squeamish, not necessarily gory. Yeah. Uh although there I mean there is that, you know, but so squeamish that you're like, Oh, how could you just stand there and as a director, just stand there and watch this happen? But uh, what is it
0: what is it about? I mean,
1: I've heard it compared it, to like Carrie. Uh yeah of. yeah it's about a very strange girl okay named May all right and um Jeremy Sisto plays the love interest all right. i guess <laughs> um uh the the brilliant and un, uh, underutilized Anna Ferris yeah uh is is in it and is hilarious she's the there's lots of weird funny stuff in the movie but she's definitely the comic relief yeah uh as a uh, yeah, a, a a lesbian girl who kind of hits on May a, a little bit, hmm. uh, but is also mean to her. Oh, uh, all right. Wait, am I getting that right? I haven't seen it in so long. But um, I, I I wish I could just okay. Here, let, let me let me let me just say tell you one scene in the movie. May teaches a uh a, a class of blind children. That's what her job is. All right. Now, at one point, she has this. Very o- old doll that she has in in a glass box. Okay, um, the box drops on the floor. Okay, and breaks, shatters glass everywhere, and uh, the and all these blind kids uh, are like, oh, you know, we'll help you find the doll that you dropped. So, and they're all blind; they don't know that there's glass shards all over the floor. They all start crawling on their hands and knees in the gla- in the glass. That's the kind of thing that happens in May. and it's Is it, it played for
0: comedy? No. It's, oh, it's very
1: sad. It's just incredibly... Disturbing. Yeah. And, I know squeamish isn't the right word because I would be squeamish, the viewer, but yeah. if you are squeamish, and I actually kind of am, but it's, it's worth watching. Okay. And Lucky McKee has done almost nothing since except for he did one of those episodes of Showtime's Masters of Horror, huh. uh, which was also really good uh, and also had lesbians in it. I like his name. Yeah. Lucky McKee. Yeah.
0: Gunfighter. All right, moving on. Uh, what are we at? 2002. 2002. All right, uh, I will... Uh, okay, the movie Spider, uh, directed by David
1: Cronenberg. Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah, and I have. And this is a... It's funny that, you know, Cronenberg's been around since the 70s. Yeah. Did, yeah, and... Um, uh, it's, in, in making my our list for two weeks ago, I would try to think, like, filmmakers, like... Uh, is this really their decade, or were they more of a '90s filmmaker, or an '80s filmmaker, or whatever you know? Yeah. And David Cronenberg has not had an off decade. <laughs> and no, he well, seems to be, at least as far as he goes, he seems to be coming into his own in different ways in every decade. You and know? That's true. Yeah. Like you could look at his output in the '2000s and say, "Oh, well, this was David Cronenberg's decade."
0: But then yeah. you go back and look at what he did in the '90s and in the '80s, yeah. you know, and it does, seem, uh, it does seem to always be different. Yeah. Uh, and each thing kind of naturally leads into the next. Uh, I'm sure nobody saw History of Violence and Eastern Promises coming, uh, especially when the film he did directly before that was Spider. Uh-huh. Uh, but what, else, what I will say is uh, Spider... Um, We've got a lot more movies to get to, so all I will say is it is quite possibly... And I am not insane, so I don't actually know this, but I would venture to say that uh, it is perhaps the best depiction of insanity i've ever seen in a Mm -hmm. film because after a while just some things are real some things are not and unlike the i'd say much more acceptable uh beautiful mind it never allows its character to be able to figure out what is real and what is not and as such you aren't able to figure it out and after a while you just realize well, this is his reality. Like uh-huh. there's I can I I can't figure this out because he can't. And you just have to accept it and stop trying to make sense of it because it will not make sense. And it's just and a wonderful performance by uh Ray Fines, uh an act. Now, he's an actor who I think like everyone like he was good, he was really great in Schindler's List and he was great in Quiz Show, but I think he's an actor who really came into his own uh in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And even really the last – yeah, because, I mean, he was in that and then he was in Constant Garden. I thought he was wonderful in that. He was great in The Duchess. He's been great in the Harry Potter films. Like, he's just – he's really I didn't know you saw The Duchess. I wanted to see that. I I I missed it. Yeah, uh, it was uh, – that's – okay, good. Just making sure. Okay. Um, Let's move on. uh, Moving on. uh, I really enjoyed Bubba Hotep. Which features uh, Bruce Greenwood as Elvis fighting mum. I
1: think, honestly, I think it, that movie had maybe been talked up to me a little too much. At it, the time, yeah. It, it disappointed me a little bit. Yeah. Uh,
0: but it does have... I bet if so- I
1: revisited it, I would like it. But I, I think I saw it thinking it was going to be something it wasn't.
0: Yeah. Uh, it has a shockingly heartfelt performance by Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. which is why I which is why I uh, recommend it. Because and... Um, Aussie was- Davis. Aussie Davis, yeah. Yeah but it's primarily uh Bruce Campbell who has who's basically given license to overact, overplay everything, just play it broad and stupid and silly because the concept is broad stupid and silly. Yeah, he uh, plays Elvis. Yeah. Uh who's
1: who did not die. He's in a nursing home. Right. Um and then there's some sort of curse on the nursing home. Yeah. Uh ancient Egyptian curse. Yeah. And it's also uh a heartfelt story about aging and, and male friendship yeah. and uh, and the uh, certainty of m- mortality. Yeah. And it's all directed by the guy who made Phantasm. Yeah.
2: It's th- well <laughs> it, done.
0: It's insane. Yeah. and it's But it really is anchored by, by uh, some of the writing. And, I do think and I and just talked myself into li- liking the movie again. I think you did. That was, <laughs> that's better than anything I could have said. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I recommend it. And uh, let's move on. Two thousand three, David, 2003. you got something. Uh yeah, I've just got a, a movie that now strangely I remember
1: um Roger Ebert hated this movie. He sure did. Hated it. It's yeah. called it's called My Life Without Me. Yeah. And um it stars Sarah Polly, uh Mark Ruffalo has a small part in it. Okay. Um Scott Speedman, Debbie Harry is in it, which is I mean look at the movie Debbie the movies Debbie Harry is in. Videodrome. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. My life without me. Yeah. She can't seem to make a bad decision when it comes to, she doesn't act, you know, very often. But when she does show up in a movie, it's probably a good one.
0: I'm probably missing something
1: really bad though.
0: Yeah, most recently you can see her in uh 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 Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, that sounds awesome. Uh y- yes, it is. It's one of those things that's like self-consciously ridiculous. Is it so. smart? No. Oh, so it's bad self consciousness It's not yeah. like the lost skeleton of Cadaver, which was fucking funny. Right. No, this is like uh it aspires to be snakes on a on a plane.
1: Oh. Wow.
0: So setting your sights
1: low. Sorry. But um My Life Without Me is about a woman named Anne who finds out she's dying and um now she has a husband. She has a uh, a kid, I think, if I remember. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since it came out. Um and what she decides to do is to be really self-centered. Okay. Live the rest of her life for just her. Okay. Um it makes her a hard character to get behind. Yeah. Um and I think Roger Ebert's mistake, if I can be so bold as to yeah call out Roger Ebert, is that he he seemed to think that the the movie condoned what she did. Oh, all right. I don't know that the movie condones it. It doesn't condemn it, which is what makes it such yeah. a fascinating film. Uh, and and uh, it, it also it, – it not only does it not – okay, it doesn't condone it, doesn't condemn it, but it, it also makes you wonder if maybe this isn't the worst thing to do, you know, in her situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, she hasn't exactly had, like, a free life, her old – you know, she's she's young. Yeah. She's already – She's living like in a trailer on her mom's property with her husband and she's you know, she's got a job she doesn't like. Yeah. Um if not if not now, then when? She's gonna die. Why not live for herself? You know, it's uh it it, it brings up questions of uh it's it's sort of a what would you do in this situation type of thing. And right. it it takes the the uh less obvious but possibly more honest
0: answer and explores yeah. it very fascinatingly. Does she uh Oh, never mind. Yeah. Um yeah, it reminds me of that uh, that line in uh, Adaptation where uh, Meryl Streep is talking about um, Chris Cooper's uh, mo- uh, mother. I, I don't, don't know. know his, no, I'm sorry, uh, his wife, where... I don't uh, remember movies I didn't like. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I, I recall. Um, but um, basically, Chris Cooper's <laughs> wife, like they got in a car accident and she was in a coma for a while and then woke up and got a divorce. Uh-huh. And... And Meryl Streep said, "You know, I think if I if that happened to me, I'd do it too." And he said, "Why?" And she goes, "Because I could. Because like when you have like that brush with death, or if you in fact are dying, like I feel like some people would view it as almost a liberating type thing. Uh-huh. You know, if it, you know, I, I know what I would do. I would cling to those I love. But um, but that's me. I feel like some people. I feel like that's a. I won't necessarily legitimate. I won't say it's a legitimate." uh which is, say, a good option, mm-hmm. but it's legitimate in the sense that I'm sure a lot of people think about it, and uh, they're dying. They should yeah. at least give it a thought.
1: And it also stars Sarah Polly. You, yeah. you literally can't go wrong. Yeah, uh, unless, uh,
0: unless she's behind the camera, am I right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. But, I mean, there, there are movies that come out every year with, like, what, what studios assume are going to be, like, up-and-coming young starlets, and any one of those movies would be improved by casting Sarah Polly instead. Yeah.
0: Because she's awesome.
1: I'd say that's about right. All right. We
0: should really
1: motor it along. All right.
0: So 2003. uh, I will focus on only one of these films. Um, But I will touch on several. Um, William Friedkin directed a film called The Hunted. Which I never saw. Benicio Del Toro and Tommy Lee Jones. It is much like his uh, French Connection before that. Uh, It is a two-hour-long chase film. Uh, the actors are not required to do much except understand their, their characters for themselves because they are not going to be given the audience much. Um, there's really no reason that he should have gotten those two actors. Uh-huh. Um, but it is so expertly done. And it's just such a beautiful genre exercise that uh, I highly recommend it. There, it has no business being this good. <laughs> but it is. Um, the, the, the trailer was terrible. The trailer's terrible. And I yeah. remember just kind of throwing it in on a, like, eh, what the, you know, why not? And it was it was delightful. It was really great. And it was it was good stuff. I really enjoyed it. Um, now, what, f- what about, what about, uh,
1: what about uh, John McTiernan's Basic? Did, uh, did that make
0: the list? Was that John, no,
1: was John That McTiernan. was John McTiernan, yeah. yes.
0: Uh, I was actually talking about that movie with friend of the show, Jason Eakin, last night, uh, which yeah. is did weird. Did you saw it? No, I didn't. It's insane. Is it? It's so dumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> So it's insanely dumb is what you said. Yeah. It's, okay. it's crazy how dumb that movie is. <laughs> um, Well, maybe next week if we talk about overseen movies, uh, anyone seeing Basic at all, it's overseen.
1: Um, Someone should have overseen that movie and tried to keep it on the right track.
0: Well done, sir. Yeah. Where's that where's that rim shot? Anybody? <laughs> All right. Uh, another film is one that uh, not a lot of people like, but some people loved called North Fork, I did uh, it. which it's just it's it's literally just the uh, the emotion of grief and mourning uh, personified or just put on screen. Uh, that's and it really captures that emotion beautifully with some 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 gorgeous imagery Um We've talked about the rundown and how much like The Hunted, it's just such a, such a wonderful exploration of, yeah. that, uh, of that genre. Not even exploration. That, that gives it too much. Uh, it's just a great example of that genre.
1: Yeah. It's, you know what? It, it's it's P- Peter Berg, who, who also made uh, Friday Night Lights yeah. and Very Bad Things, and I didn't see The Kingdom. Nor did I. And it's essentially like if you were to take uh, Michael Bay... Yeah, and then rein him in to where his movie made sense and was fun to watch. Yeah, and then give him uh, a good script and uh, fun performances from from The Rock and Shaw William Scott and Christopher Walken and Rosario Dawson. Yeah, it's 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 like a Michael Bay movie done right. Yeah, is exactly Absolutely. what it is.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah, it's like Commando but with like an actual sense of humor, not yeah. just puns. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, So another one that I'll just touch on briefly is uh, Willard, which is, again, Uh, only an okay movie, but man, you cannot get a more committed, in every sense of the word, performance uh, by Crispin Glover as, yes, a man who loves and talks to rats. Um, But the one that I will go into a bit more detail on is Peter Pan. Did you see Peter Pan? And I actually almost put it on my list. It's
1: um, the dude who made My Best Friend's Wedding. I always forget his name. Uh, I forget it as well. JP something PJ sure, sure why something. not I didn't write it down. We were just, we were talking about him with Pat Healy. Oh, were we? And I can't remember oh, the guy's damn. name
0: now. I don't recall. Ah, fuck. Anyway, it's awesome though. Piece yeah, of pain. and it's just a it's just a beautifully you know it's honestly they should have gotten that guy to direct Alice in Wonderland. I was going to bring up it's
1: it, it, it's everything that this Alice in Wonderland looks like it isn't. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's completely honest to the book. Yeah. You know? Not completely. The book's a little bit more uh weird than, yeah. than than this. But um uh it's honest in that it's 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 not a – what's the word I'm looking for? It's not condescending at all. It, right. in, in, in being, it's a really smart kids movie. Yeah. That but it's not even it's not a kid's movie, it's not an adult movie, it's just the story. It just treats the story as just a story, yeah, yeah, a good story, and gives and and, and it takes everything uh, as seriously as it needs to
0: be taken, yeah, and it but. explores some some uh, some of the more without without ever being creepy. It explores like issues of sexuality when you have somebody a character like Peter Pan, you uh-huh. know, uh, a kid who hasn't grown up but has still been around a while, and now what do I do with this girl that I'm attracted to, uh-huh. you know, because he's because they put Peter Pan right around the age of 13. Right. And so being trapped in puberty, as horrific as that at the beginning of hu- puberty, no less, <laughs> like how terrible would that be? And so it explores some of the emotional uh, aspect, but it's still a beautiful movie to watch. And it does have, uh, uh, of course, a wonderful performance by Jason Isaacs as Captain Hook. And it really actually creates a, a great deal of sympathy for that character where you just, he just seems miserable. Uh-huh. You know? And just like he has no happiness in him and yeah. you just feel kind of bad for him and uh, it's just a, a movie that was very, I'd say very much overlooked but good this stuff this has been a great
1: decade for Jason Isaacs by the way oh yeah uh, with Harry Potter and with Brotherhood which was not yeah. uh, which was if we did underseen TV shows yeah I was crowing about how awesome Brotherhood was every chance I got for the three years it was on and yeah. no one listened no it's cancelled
0: anyway is it cancelled? yeah know it's, that. it's officially cancelled oh that's unfortunate alright uh, let's move on 2004 what do you got?
1: uh incident at Loch Ness <laughs> yeah uh, which uh is uh what's the guy's name Zach Penn I think yeah um and it's uh it's another entry in the mockumentary uh category um where uh it's a it's a it's a fake documentary about Werner Herzog making a documentary yeah about the Loch Ness monster Werner Herzog plays himself yeah um Ricky yeah, Jay and Crispin Glover both show up as, as themselves, as does... Wait, is it Ricky Jay? Is Ricky Jay in it? I think he is. And uh, no. and Jeff Goldblum shows up as himself yeah. towards the beginning, when they're still in Los Angeles. But then they go to Scotland, and um, it's a mockumentary, uh, so it's a comedy. But it's also... Uh, I'll spoil it. The Loch Ness Monster turns out to be real and attacks everyone. Yeah. So it's also a horror movie, and it's... um. It's funny without being a straightforward comedy all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it it, it plays everything as honestly and, and realistically as it can and the humor comes out of
0: that. And uh Vernon and Herzog is great as himself. Yeah. <laughs> he just um, cuz I think he he's he's playing himself but he's also playing a version of himself. Yeah. Like the version that people think of when they yeah. think of Werner Herzog.
1: Well, Werner Herzog did actually get shot and then continue an interview in real <laughs> life. So maybe that is what he's like. Yeah, fair enough. Um I also wanted to mention keen which I don't think you I ha- didn't see. Have seen. Yeah. It's uh uh Damian Lewis who uh, another actor we talked about with uh, Pat Healy. Yeah. Um and it's uh this is another portrait of it's not like spider a portrait of 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 insanity from inside yeah it's a portrait of a schizophrenic person
0: yeah
1: um and um i think uh, Damian lewis e- easily gives dustin hoffman and rain man a run for his money in playing wow. uh someone uh, in really committing to and making you believe in and sympathize with but not not holding back at all yeah in how uh unpleasant and uncomfortable it can be yeah. to be around someone who's schizophrenic much less be them you yeah. know uh, it's a great, great movie. I also wanted to mention a few more people have seen this than than the other movies I'm mentioning. But uh, I tell everyone I know to see it, uh, yeah. and that's enduring love. Oh yes, which you saw, right? Uh, With Daniel no. Craig. And, no, and, I didn't. Oh, oh, oh! You gotta see it. Right. It's um, Roger Mitchell, Michelle, yeah. who, who, who directed it. Who made? Uh, did he make Changing Lanes? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and Venus? Did he make Venus? He made Venus. Yeah. yeah.
1: And he also made one called The Mother, which I didn't like very much. <laughs> But um, it's Daniel Craig, Samantha Morton, and, and Reese Ifans. Yeah. Uh, Danny Deckchair. <laughs> chair, yeah. Himself. Um, but Reese Ifans is all, often, so often used, um, to, he plays these eccentrics for comedy, like Danny chair which I didn't see, or Notting Hill, which I did see and hated. Yeah. Um, you hate Notting Hill? Oh, God. Interesting. Oh, it's awful. I know a lot of people that actually like it. <sighs> Unwatchable. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, we're well, seeing a common thread here. Uh he plays a crazy person. Yeah. And not for comic relief at all. He plays an intensely crazy person. And uh he's 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 quite a threat. Yeah. In in the movie and it's not it's not funny at all. Yeah. <laughs> the, very enduring love is a movie that is very much not funny. But <laughs> it's 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 gorgeous and harrowing and terrifying and 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 all these things, and and terribly terribly sad at, at times. And uh, everyone should see it.
0: Yeah, um, I, I suddenly realized that we actually. Uh, I suddenly discovered that uh, we have uh, more time than than I anticipated. So I'll I'll go into more uh, more detail, which is to say I don't have anywhere to be now. Right, but we've still gone for almost an hour. Yes, yes. Uh, but we can, yeah, we can stretch into two. That's fine. Um, we're not gonna. A, a full two hours. That's that's all right. Okay. Uh, yeah. That, speaking my cra- two thousand four. Speaking it? of crazy people. Uh-huh. Assassination of, of Richard Nixon. Uh, listeners know by the coward Robert Ford. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Listeners know uh, that I'm not a big fan of Sean Penn. Uh huh. Um. That he his intensity often gets in the way. I think of his characters. Um. But sometimes he gets a character in which his intensity is. Uh. What it's what it should be and uh and he plays a character who just just cannot seem to function in life by himself um and you feel sympathy for him uh he's not i don't mean to say that he's like schizophrenic crazy he just has severe emotional problems and just can't get past certain things and uh and his life uh is rather tragic uh he's not very sympathetic but you can see you can see how somebody could arrive at where he is emotionally mm-hmm. uh and it's it's probably one of my favorite uh performances uh by him
1: it, it's the perfect for this for this topic because it really what it really was not seen yeah w- uh, by
0: anyone yeah <laughs> it 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 came and went it's uh, the it's the kind of it's the kind of performance or the kind of movie that if it were just marketed a different way or if the studios had done something different with it like it could have been an Oscar contender, you know. It's like I, I heard so many people talk about uh, Damian Lewis's like Oscar caliber performance in Keen, but that's just that movie's not on the radar, yeah. you know. And just yeah, it's it's unfortunate that
1: uh, yeah, and I don't really understand why. You know, I mean, it's got you've got you've got Sean Penn, you've got Don Cheadle, who was also yeah, kind of, already Watts. kind of a name at that point. Naomi Watts was a, was a name. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's weird that no one that no one no one saw it, but it was good. Yeah. Anything else? Two thousand four. Uh, I will briefly
0: discuss, uh, there's a movie called Clean with, uh, Nick Nolte and uh, Maggie Chung, who, um, you know what? It was a movie of the week. Go back and look at that. Okay. And, uh, give it a read. I forgot about those. I'm so bad at the website thing. It's fine. Uh, I am too. I haven't written one in, in a while. Um, I will bring up, uh, The Door and the Floor with, uh, two really solid performances by Jeff Bridges. Sure. And uh, Kim Basinger, a surprisingly frail and fragile performance from her. Uh, spe- m- most of mine will have just really solid performances. Uh, there's a movie called The Clearing, which is uh, an okay movie. I didn't like it. David didn't like it, but I think a lot of it has a great performance by Robert Redford um, and some nice scenes between him and uh, Willem Dafoe.
1: Yeah, I remember liking Matt Craven a lot in that movie. Yeah, he's good too. In fact, actually. I-, I was actually more interested in the um, who's the white? Is it Helen Mirren? Yeah. Hell, the Helen Mirren and Matt Craven scenes. Yeah. I actually found more interesting than the more exciting
0: hostage <laughs> taking scenes with uh, Redford and Woman Defoe. Yeah, it's 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 probably one of the most interesting performances uh characters I've ever seen Matt Craven in, you uh-huh. know. Uh he's he's still one of those character actors who hasn't really broken through to the point of even getting like Really great characters to play. You yeah, know, he shows up every once in a while. And, he's and, he's in the background in Public Enemies. I don't even think he has a line in the movie. <laughs> I, yeah, here and there, he just has such a he just has such like a defined uh, face, and just yeah. it's like oh man, he really. This For guy, people who don't know, he was the dad at
1: the beginning of, the, of Disturbia. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: maybe that rings. A bell. He was also in uh, Crimson Tide. He sure. was in. Yeah. Uh, was he in the statement? The Statement. Was he in that? I can't remember. I think he was the guy at the beginning. Okay. but um, um, So, uh, let's see. So, the clearing, door on the floor. Uh, and then we've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. I really like the Alamo. Yeah. that It, it is yeah. so much better than it had. Not that it had any business being, but it's just... Nobody expected it to be that good. All yeah. the stuff around it really kind of tainted it. But it was really a good movie. Because the whole story, you know,
1: uh, it was going to be a Ron Howard, Russell Crowe film. Yeah. they uh, Disney actually essentially told them no when they presented the budget yeah. for it. And they sort of walked away from it instead of uh, readjusting. Yeah. And then Disney gave it to this guy. Uh, what's his name? John Lee Hancock. John Lee Hancock, yeah. Who had made The Rookie with Dennis Quaid, which was yeah. great, you know. And now he's got this new movie, The Blind Side, which does not look good at all. Does not look good at all. Which is a, which is a shame. Um, but uh, so he cast his his uh, friend Dennis Quaid. Yeah. He cast uh, Jason Patrick. Yep. Uh, he's got uh Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Is in there, and of course Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Plays uh, David Crockett. Yeah. As he insists on being called in the movie. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what's so great about the movie is that it completely, even though it's. Disney's The Alamo, yeah. it completely deflates all the like uh, heroism and, yeah. and, and and the and the legend, and it's more touching and more inspiring. It uh, it's a movie that really makes me well up with patriotic pride when I would honestly when I yeah. watch it, uh, because it's this is what actually happened, you know. But I love that it doesn't it doesn't pull punches like you know the way like Jason Patrick uh as, as Bowie. Yeah. Um uh Bowie. Bowie, right. Not he's not a <laughs> David Bowie. He's not an androgynous pop <laughs> Um he uh has a slave and yeah. he's not necessarily I mean he's not like beating him or anything. Yeah. But he does not treat him with the same respect as he treats white men. Yeah. It's that kind of like honesty and he's still a hero of sorts. Yeah but it, it, it's that kind of honesty that makes the movie so so wonderful, yeah uh, and in such a much better artifact and and uh source of patriotism than the terrible John Wayne version,
0: yeah, uh which, which I've, I've never seen actually oh it's, but, it's not um, good all right, so uh, in turning the page, I realize I have two more to talk about for two thousand and four uh, one you know what one was talked about with Pat Healy, which is undertow. I Which is (laughs) I spilled water on myself. You're just like a little child. Um, All right, it's
1: because you switched water brands. Sorry, uh, these bottles aren't as. It was on.
0: It was a discount. Um, Undertow. It's a David Gordon Green film that. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, And then another one, which is again a movie that is not. Why do you keep spilling water on yourself?
1: It's these damn bottles.
0: (laughs) Okay, tell you what, I'll talk for a while. You take it easy, put down the mic if you need to, and you can drink a wa- <laughs> drink water out of your bottle. <laughs> good God, man. All right. So, uh, so here's a movie that I don't think is very good, um, but it is worth seeing for a single performance, and it is not the lead performance. Um, actually, you know what? The movie is, is okay, but it's not great. Um, and that's The Woodsman. With uh, Kevin Bacon, I would disagree with you. I think that movie is brilliant. Okay, now David thinks the movie is brilliant. David, why do you say so? Uh,
1: because it's not just the performances that it's it's uh, expertly handled in tone. That's true. Uh, at every turn, it, it it makes every right decision, and it makes every decision quietly and assuredly. Yeah, it, it's a very quiet movie. Yeah. And it's very, uh, yeah, it's very sure of itself the whole yeah. time. You know, it's, uh, you know, the the that that last I don't know is it the last scene or the last
0: important oh, it's, scene? It's, it's the last uh, important scene, I would say. You mean um, in the park? Yeah, yeah. Uh, For those that it, don't know, it's about a Kevin Bacon plays uh, a former uh, uh, well, uh, well, a pedophile. He plays a pedophile who yeah, who just got out of prison. Just got out of I prison, yeah,
1: um, and. Uh, yeah, there's a scene with him talking to uh, a a young, a very young girl in a park. Yeah, that um is it's it's treated with the same honesty that John Lee Hancock treated uh, the Alamo story. Yeah, you know, and and it comes at a, at a point in the movie where you, where you understand everything you're gonna understand about Kevin Bacon's yeah. character, and you have made up your mind how you feel about him. Yeah. Uh. And, and and it puts you, the audience, in a in kind of a weird place in this scene, yeah. but um, but again, not in a. It doesn't call attention to the fact that it's doing that.
0: Yeah, I think actually now that I now that I now that you bring that scene up, um, Kevin Bacon's performance, I'd say up until that moment, is a little a little too twitchy for my taste, um, and a, a, sli- a bit too mannered, but his. But as you say, the honesty that he displays and the vulnerability in that scene uh-huh. more than makes up for it. Um, but oddly enough, the the person that I wanted to talk about was Kira Sedgwick, uh, Mos Def. Oh, Mos Deaf, yeah. As uh, he only has like what four scenes? Uh, as, yeah, it's that as like uh, not necessarily a parole officer? He is a he, you know he's he's a detective. Yeah, and his job is to sort of keep tabs on yeah on Kevin Bacon, and he just. He's kinda he doesn't seem completely judgmental of Kevin Bacon. Uh-huh. Um he's concerned, of course, but he's just I don't know, he looks like a character who has just had the just the air taken out of him by the job itself. Just the stuff that he's seen. And he's a young guy. And just you get the impression that this is a guy who got in who became a cop and did very well at it. But has seen a lot in his few years, and it is not what he thought it was going to be, and it's just such a just a really great performance, I think. Uh, and so, so I'd say it's worth seeing for his, for his performance, but also that that is that scene is one of the most brilliant uh, scenes I've ever I, I've ever seen. It's and, and and you're right, the interpretation of the character they don't make him too sympathetic, they don't make an, uh, make him make him. Uh, totally unsympathetic we should have brought it up actually when we were talking about you know little children and mm-hmm. happiness and, and stuff like yeah. that so um so yeah it's it's worth seeing 2005
1: okay um Home stretch. you're gonna like one of these i don't know if you looked at my list i didn't okay um well first um I want to mention the Ballad of Jack and Rose. Okay, yeah, uh, which I don't understand why that movie was so underseen. I mean, day Lewis doesn't decide to do movies all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. like when he makes a movie, it should be a bigger event than yeah. this than this was, and uh, and it wasn't. It, it kind of came away. And it's It's uh, Day Lewis um, and uh, Catherine Keener is in it. Okay, and his daughter is played by the girl who would go on to star in the When a Stranger Calls remake but I can't remember her name. All right. But uh, don't hold that against her. She's great. Really, really great in the movie. You know, okay. it's... Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Keener is more or less... I mean, she's in, a, she's in the movie a lot, but she's not... It's really just Daniel Day-Lewis and his his daughter. Okay. Uh, and I don't really want to give anything away. It's just... They're sort of like... I guess... A little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of granola? Kind of crunchy? Kind of uh, one with the earth type of family? Hippies? Yeah, they're hippies. Okay. And... um the The mother isn't there anymore, and the uh, Daniel Day Lewis and, and and the girl, the the father and daughter, spend all their time together and have an, an incredibly close relationship, and that creates problems with the way they react to the rest of the world and other people. Mm. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, I don't really want to give anything away. All right, but uh, definitely, definitely see it. I also want to mention, uh, um. I guess this is this is sort of considered a a, a child's film. Uh, I mean a a kids film is uh, Duma, oh, which okay. is a movie about a cheetah. Yep. And it's about a boy who has a cheetah for a pet. Um A cheetah pet you say. He has a cheetah pet. <laughs> um and it's uh it's it's just it's just gorgeous, the whole movie. I don't really want to Again, I don't want it's it's just a movie about a kid who has a cheetah for a pet. Yeah. And um there are scenes It's amazing to me, and this is something actually that Roger Ebert pointed out in his review. I keep mentioning Ebert today, but um, uh, there are plenty of very wide, long shots of this kid with the cheetah, Mm -hmm. which means there wasn't someone two feet away to, you know, taser the cheetah if it decided (laughs) to to maul this boy or something. Yeah. Uh, There must have been some sort of uh, incredibly... I'm sure the relationship, the real-life relationship between the, yeah. the actor and the, and the animal was probably uh, almost as touching as it is in the, in the movie. So yeah. I'd, I'd recommend seeing that. And then I just briefly want to mention a movie that I really like, as bizarre as it, as it is, and you hate. And All that right. is
0: Game 6. All right. I thought that was 2006.
1: I have that on 2005. Maybe I was wrong. Okay. Um,
0: why? Is it on your list? Uh no, no no. I just remember it being uh last on my list of 2006. <laughs> but um yeah, it's uh, it's it's, ri- it's it
1: was written by um the novelist uh Don DeLillo. Don, yeah. Um whom I I've never read any of his novels. I never yeah. read uh White Noise or, or yeah. anything
0: else that he wrote. I just doesn't like Although holds. that film I'm on board with. What? white noise that adaptation of his of his <laughs> novel i'm
1: pretty sure it's a different thing. Um, uh and it, it takes place in what was it I don't, i'm not a baseball follower but uh when the mets game six mets fans know what game six means i'm i, I know yeah. that much it was mentioned on seinfeld i know that so it takes place in the late 80s i thought it was the place. red Sox. is it the red Sox and the mets
0: Oh, maybe I don't know, but like like I said, I game six know. is when the ball went through what was the name? Bill Buckner. Even even I know this. I don't Bill know Buckner's what you're legs, talking about. So, okay. uh,
1: but does it takes place? It takes place in New York, though. Yes. Okay. Maybe that's why I thought it was the Mets. Yeah. We don't. We don't have to pause and look it up. Okay. Uh, if I got that wrong, I don't. I don't care because I don't know anything about baseball, and I made that made that clear. Right. So, um, whatever. It takes place during that, and. Uh, it's it's Michael Keaton, who doesn't work often enough, in my opinion, because yeah. he's great. I agree. Uh, and he's he's a playwright, is that yep. what he is? And he's got a play opening yep. that night. Yep. And um, he's terrified of the review he's going to get from the eccentric uh, critic played by Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Uh, he's just sort of taking care of stuff, having meetings. He's got a scene with, uh, uh, who is it? Griffin Dunn. Griffin Dunn. Yeah. Yes, that whole part of the movie is probably my favorite. Oh yeah, uh, and it's and it's a really bizarre movie, and I can totally see why someone would hate it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's ridiculous. So and, many- and Robert Downey Jr.'s performance is ridiculous. It sure is. But in my opinion, it fits the tone of the
0: movie. He's uh, he's he's making he's he's making
1: the right choice for that
0: movie. Right. Uh, my my problem with it is that. Everything about it is the kind of thing that would be acceptable in a book. Um, uh-huh. The lines that are said, the the things that happen, um, it's the kind of thing that if you see much like much like Stephen King, you know, if you were to if you were to put in a book and just read it, it wouldn't seem as outrageous or strange. Uh, but in a film that purports to take place in our reality, uh, it's just. And I, so many critics loved it. I was I was thrilled to see it. I was excited to see it, because uh, I, I like I like Michael Keaton as well, and uh, and I was like, oh man, a triumphant return, and and sure and yes he does he does very well. But man, I there's a lot of stuff I don't like about it. And then in that third act, <laughs> it's man I won't say what happens, but uh, an element is introduced that made me want to. Uh, I guess, just destroy my television. It just, it bothered me so much. But you know what? I've been wrong before. Uh, You know, the movie wasn't even on my radar until you told me how
1: much you hated it. (laughs) And then it showed up on, uh, like, the Sundance channel or IFC or something. Yeah. And I was like, "Eh, I'll give it a shot. I'm unemployed. I was at the time. You Uh, you know, I can can kill 88 minutes. Whatever. it's not a very long movie. Um, Oh, man, I I have 88 minutes on here. (laughs) Wait, what was that? That's the horrible Al Pacino Oh, film. yeah, I didn't see that. Um, yeah, and I was just...
0: Uh, I guess I was, like was the bar pretty low. <laughs> but I was
1: just enraptured by it. It's, it's so strange. It's such a strange movie. Yeah. What do you have for 2005?
0: Um, okay, so I've got a documentary called Searching for the Wrong-Eyed Jesus. Which I haven't seen. Which is uh, directed by, I believe his name is Andrew Douglas, um, who... Who directed, of all things, the new Amityville Horror, which huh. apparently was bad.
1: It was not good. But... But the original's not actually very good either. It that's just has, true. It just has
0: a reputation. Hang on a second.
1: Yeah, how long does your phone ring?
0: Uh, a while. It... And so... That uh, was crazy. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Um, the audience couldn't hear it at all. No, but it was we're bothering me. It. And so... Uh, and it basically, it's just a documentary about the South, and uh and it just and it's done by a guy who seems to have such a deep understanding and love for the south and a desire to kind of correct some of the misconceptions about it um and uh and it also has really interesting musical performances by uh, Johnny Dow, David Johansson and then uh one of my favorite musicians Jim White, Jim White is kind of your host who takes you through all these things and it's just it's really. Where a, does the term "wrong-eyed Jesus" come from? Because I know it from the Jim White album. Right. I've. I have no idea. Because um, I. That's the one album of his I don't have. Uh, uh-huh. Not. I assume there's not going to be a lot of. Uh, <laughs> uh, I assume there's not going to be an explanation in the in the liner <laughs> notes, but uh, it's just a um, weird phrase. Uh,
1: and by by the way, listeners at home, Battleship Retention fully supports the music of Jim White and Johnny Dowd. And David Johansson. absolutely. It, that that's kind of uh, it's it's a thing that you and I very much have in common. Yeah, uh, a love for that that whole genre. Uh, yeah. of, of weird countryish music. Yeah, al-
0: alt country. I've heard it called,
1: and uh... yeah, but th- uh, that just calls up. I don't know. There's so much stuff gets lumped into alt country. It's yeah. sort of a catch-all for non-radio country. Yeah, you know, because I don't I don't think that that Johnny Dowd and Ryan Adams have a lot in common. You know, <laughs> other than that, they both you know are influenced by by country country music but yeah that's why i have i'm one of those snobs who was like you know i'd rather you not use that term yeah
0: (laughs) man what you're a jerk (laughs) um okay so i'll bring up two more uh one is a movie that i don't know if you've seen but if you have i'm sure you love
1: am i really a jerk
0: no okay um well you mean about this yeah no okay um and that's uh unleashed Otherwise known as Danny the dog. Oh, I did not see it. I heard great things. It's, oh, it's, speaking of ridiculous and crazy, uh-huh. it's uh, Jet Li, who is, of course, uh, at the, the height of his uh, uh, martial arts powers. And uh, he plays a character named Danny, who is being kept as a pet uh, by Bob Hoskins. <laughs> and, uh, and Bob Hoskins uses him as uh, like an all purpose enforcer. Uh, and then he like uses them to like win bets. He like you know pits. He uses them almost like a like a dog fight, except he doesn't fight dogs. He fights people, and uh, and it's all about Danny's rehabilitation at the hands of the kindly Morgan Freeman. Sound crazy? It is, <laughs> um, but it's just it. It features just everything about it is just so over the top, and it goes against everything that I like in movies. But first off, the fights are are of course amazing. Uh, great stunt choreography and fighting is usually not enough to get. A recommendation from me But man It is this, for me This is different It's it's such a I mean You gotta see District B13 That's what I've heard And I really I do wanna see it uh, But like when when jetly Li like slams a guy Into concrete You feel like he is Slamming him into concrete Like You still get all of the uh, All of the Like the fanciful moves But you still feel like it's taking place here and bones are being broken and now, brains does it do are being do that smashed? thing
1: that it did in the former Jet Levi the other Jet Levi vehicle Romeo must die Okay, where when someone gets punched suddenly there's like a freeze frame and then you it goes into like x-ray and you can see their bo- their bones breaking and it's, I I it's don't recall that. I don't think so. Good because that's uh I was going to I don't I don't know what your what word to use for that that's not offensive. 'Cause I was gonna say that that's it's retarded. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's exactly... it's it's a, it's that no, I Romeo think Must they... Die is a is kind of a retarded movie. And I don't I don't like that term at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh no, I think in this one they, they pretty much let the foley artists uh uh show you that the bone is breaking. Probably um, a good choice. I'm glad the uh X ray uh action <laughs> sequence thing didn't catch on. <laughs> um I mean, it was, there's a lot of slow motion. It was great know. in Total Recall, obviously. Oh obviously. Um and so, uh, so yeah, I really enjoy Unleashed with a surprisingly soulful, soulful performance by Jet Li, and of course, and ins- the most over over the top performance I've ever seen Bob Hoskins give. Uh, and then another movie that I I don't think you saw this either called The Ice Harvest. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, directed by Harold Ramis, with uh, from St. Louis. Yeah, I always have to mention. That. I know, and so. Uh, and it's got John Cusack and uh, Billy Bob Thornton as just Midwest mobsters, and uh, it's Isn't, just um, it's a very dark comedy. Is Oliver Platt in it? Oliver, Pl- oh, I was getting there, buddy. Okay, good. Oliver Platt. Two thousand five, a good year for Oliver Platt, um, because you had uh, a wonderful performance in uh, Casanova. Really, and uh, and then and then in this, where he just he plays kind of the same character that he played in uh, Huff. Where just this hedonistic uh, pseudo intellectual uh-huh. um, who just is very successful at what he does, but he is just he's gone insane with self-loathing and drug use, and uh, and it's just so much fun to watch. Especially like I really enjoy Billy Bob Thornton being like sleazy and yet still very dry, uh-huh. and uh, and this is a great performance by him. It's just very funny, but it's also very very dark. And uh, and it's good stuff. So uh, so let's move on to 2006. I'm only going to talk about one in 2006. So go right ahead.
1: Okay. Um. Uh. There's a a, a movie that I only been, bothered to see because I worked at a movie theater at the time and could see it for free. I'd heard mm-hmm. like very little about it. Um. But I like the cast. It's called Seraphim Falls. Oh yeah. It's a, did you see it? Yeah, I saw. It. It's it's a it's a western, but it's also it gets kind of. There's a lot of mysticism yeah. uh, towards the end, yeah. but it's sort of like The Hunted, I guess. I haven't seen, but it's a chase movie. It's yeah. one guy chasing another guy. Uh, one of them is uh, Liam Neeson, yeah. and the other one is Pierce Brosnan, right? Uh, who it, t- it turns out can't act. Uh, I mean, people can. I'm saying, yeah, people, you know, know him from James Bond movies, but yeah. uh, he had a uh, he had the Matador this year or this
0: uh, decade, yeah. And, and he had this. So it was, it's an okay movie, but uh, he was very good in uh, The Tailor of Panama. I never saw it. Yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, don't don't write him off. As I, I'm, I'm afraid I may have made the mistake of writing him off because I hate James Bond and all things related to James Bond. Um, uh, Did you see Casino Royale? No, I haven't seen either. Of the Daniel Craig James Bond. It might change. It might change your view. That's kind of why I don't want to see it. It changed
0: my view. Come on, man. <laughs> but I want to keep hating James Bond. I know you do. You can hate what James Bond was. Okay, but I don't, it I, like I, why do I need to watch the Daniel Craig
1: ones when I have Jason Bourne we are we have a Jason Bourne we don't need a, a new James Bond fair enough, okay all right, so um that's seraphim Falls it's got yeah, it's those two um Angelica Houston also shows up at the end yeah uh, <laughs> when the movie gets weird uh but it it starts in snowy mountains and it ends in in the middle of the desert yeah. and it's just a... It's just a a western chase movie with some some eastern mysticism.
0: I throwing. would say I would say that in in many ways it's kind of remin it reminded me of Dead Man, uh, Jim Jarmusch's okay. Dead Man, um, where it just it clearly doesn't take place in our in our world. <laughs> um, it may have started there, but it certainly isn't there now. And um, and yeah, it's it's just kind of characters act in a way that's not completely. Realistic, but it makes sense for what they're doing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was good. I don't I didn't like it quite as much as you did. It's but also I, kind of yeah.
1: like Wally in the sense that there's no dialogue for the first like fifteen minutes yeah. of the movie. Yeah, there are some uh, grunts of pain when Pierce Brosnan digs a bullet out of his shoulder. Right, and you get to watch that happen. You sure do. That's fun. Um, um, I also there's also in that 2006, although it didn't come to these shores until 2007, I think, or maybe in 2008. But it's called I Served the King of England. Oh yeah. And uh, I almost—I I remember seeing it. I've been talking a lot about the uh, the blog that I never update today, but um, <laughs> I remember seeing it and being like, "I want to write something about this, but I don't know how to say what I want to say." Okay. Which is uh, okay. Wh- you and I, when we talk about movies, and me in real life, we don't—we're uh, not the kind of guys who talk about movies in guy ways, like oh, uh, you know, like like a Mister Skin type of thing. You know, oh, like we're yeah, not yeah, talking okay. about the 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 uh how much nudity or or what parts of a body you get to see in some yeah. movie you know um I was well done,
0: well done by the way, avoiding the word tits I know that that must have been difficult for you It was difficult all right because I do for some reason
1: love that word it's very strange to me um now I served the king of England has a whole lot of nudity in it um but it's not cheap like it, there's nothing cheap about it. It, 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 you know, it's not a uh, turistas or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, uh, it's 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 a real uh, appreciation of what a a woman looks like naked, mm-hmm. and and of course, there's it, it's not it's not it's not removed from sex. It's very much caught up in sex. Yeah. But I serve the king of England is about, I guess, sort of earthly pleasures. In yeah. a lot of ways, it's a it's a it's a guy who's he's kind of like a Chance uh, a Chauncey Gardner, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in that he's sort of bumbles his way through life. Uh, he seems like kind of a simpleton, but he's actually not. He's actually incredibly ambitious and um, is willing to fuck people over in a lot of ways to get money and to own things yeah. and to be able to have sex with women and eat uh, whatever kind of food he wants. It's it's a, it's a it's a movie that uh, unabashedly just celebrates earthly pleasures okay even though you're uh you're you're not always on board with the way he goes about getting them yeah. but uh the 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 movie doesn't condemn him for wanting them
0: you know it's it's actually odd because every review that i read of the film actually did compare it to Terista's. <laughs> i'm joking of course um but uh yeah that's I think that like just came out on on DVD, so I think it took a while to get here, uh, a couple years at least.
1: Yeah, I, I saw it at the, um, I don't know, I saw it in Pasadena. Some uh, theater that isn't there anymore. Oh, that's unfortunate.
0: Um, all right, so did you have anything else for 2006? That's it. All right, uh, I will. I will briefly bring up uh, Slither because sure. I love. We've talked about it before, and I love it so much. Yeah, uh, it is just it's it combines like four different horror subgenres and. Blends them in a surprisingly it's, yeah. coherent way. It's alien invasion. Yeah. It's uh, like I don't know, pa- like a weird parasite type movie. Parasite movie.
1: It's got zombies. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: It's 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 everything. It's there's a vague blob element uh-huh. to it. Uh, yeah. It's it's and of course it is as gross as as it can be. Uh, yeah. it's really quite wonderful.
1: And you look, at, it's got Nathan Fillion, who yeah. uh, who's always great. It's got uh Greg Henry. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who is hilarious and has the best line in the movie, which I won't ruin for you. Okay, uh, has a small appearance by Jenna Fisher. Yep. Uh, because it was made by her then husband James Gunn.
0: Yep. Who's from St. Louis. <laughs> that's all I have for Slither. Now, David, it's my understanding that at the podcastathon you were able to bond with a very famous person over your uh, over uh, St. Louis. Now, now, what what was the deal with that? Uh, I, I I I talked to John Hamm a little bit. John Hamm. That's yeah. right. Saint Louisen. Saint yeah, famous yeah. Saint Louisen. Yes. Um yeah, and so Slither it's just it, it's so it takes so much joy in the gore that it that it uh it just takes so much care like a character gets whipped in half and <laughs> then like he falls and his guts all fall out and it's just and I'm somebody who like violence bothers me but a certain type of violence and this is just so ridiculous. Yeah. Though there are distur- a couple disturbing elements in it. Like there are scenes where uh, you know, something is happening to a woman, and it has a very, uh, seems like she's being very violated. Uh, yeah. It's not, it's not, of course, a straight-up rape scene, but it kind of feels like it. Yeah, and, it's, and uh, this is
1: the same guy, the guy who wrote and directed this is the same guy who wrote the Dawn of the Dead remake. Right. Which, I've, I know I like it more than you do, but yeah. it also does a good job of balancing uh, crazy-isn't-this-fun-and-almost-funny yeah. kind of stuff with... Uh, with with real emotion. That's, yeah. That's why I like it so much. Uh,
0: okay, 2007. What do you got, David? Nothing. You have nothing for 2007? Nope. Okay. Uh, I'll briefly mention uh, The Mist, which is... Uh, really? Which you do not not a big fan of, right? I didn't see. Oh, okay. I like the book, or the novella, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. I, r- I love The Mist. I really... Uh, really? It's just... To me, it's such a good... Uh, and it's, it's Stephen King, and it's got all the stuff that you would expect from a Stephen King as far as... Uh, character archetypes and and stuff like that, but uh, it does such a great job of of showing mob mentality um, and how there is no logic and reason to be found there, um, and how truly terrifying it can be when the mob turns against you. And is and I know that like everyone knows that and i'm sure it's been illustrated in other films as well but in this one specifically like when it's when it's just it's different when it's a mob of zombies this is a mob of people who individually would be intelligent people that you could just that you could talk into things or whatever and and plead your case but when they get together and turn against you there's a there's a very disturbing scene when the mob decides that this person over here is at fault for all that's going wrong and They just turn on him and there's nothing he can do. And it's really quite harrowing to use a a word you used earlier. It's just, and it's really quite disturbing. Um, And of course, there's a, you know, there's a a nice uh, uh, analogy to the idea of like terrorism and stuff where you find two people, uh, two like different sides where there's a side who literally says, there is no threat. Everything is fine. Look, I'll just go outside. And they're never heard from again. And then there's, but then there's also the person who's like, there is a threat, and I will use that opportunity to get power for myself. I uh-huh. will, you know, feed on other people's fear, and so it's it's very timely and and it's not exactly subtle about. Which is it.
1: weird because it was written in like, what, like 1980. Or yeah, I think the, the the novella it was.
0: Yeah, and it's but it <clears throat> you know it it fits because I think those are those are age old ideas. The idea that there's people out there who, regardless whether whether it be terrorism or whatever it is who just like put their hands over their ears and just say everything's fine everything's fine it's like well that's not the same as being a a reasonable person just to ignore any kind of threat but then uh i'd say it's more condemning of the person who utilizes that and says oh now it's my now's my chance so it's not
1: because like i said i didn't see it but i loved the novella but it does seem like the kind of thing kind of you were talking about with game six that Mm -hmm. works in a book but would seem kind of silly as a movie there's not it's not it's not a silly
0: movie uh i think they're the might monsters be... aren't silly well you don't see them very much i think okay, and, and i think that's the that's a, a wise choice yeah and when you do see them they're they are legitimately creepy looking okay um you just see like parts of them and there's and and yes there's a there's a there's a a part where uh the main character is out uh in the mist and you just see this huge thing just walk by, but you don't see all of it. You just see a just kind of a silhouette, uh-huh. but it is giant, and it's and it's just it's really it's really creepy. It just it's it's Frank Darabont, who I know is not a filmmaker that that you're a huge fan of, but he is a guy who I think. Well, I mean, I've only seen two of his movies. I guess uh, I've seen three, it's... and I I love Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I like Green Mile. I don't. I didn't like The Majestic. Uh, but I really like the mist He's, so you've he 's you 've seen four of them uh, yes I meant three aside from the mist right. and so um but he just really seems to understand like the horror involved and just the ability to use this story to t- to make you know talk about larger truths and and I really enjoyed it so okay, okay so you have nothing for two thousand and seven so let 's move on to to oh eight okay well i 've got um home stretch a movie that I saw
1: this year but uh came out in its in its home country uh in 2008 and that's summerstown okay which uh is directed by shane meadows who made this is england my favorite film of yep. the last 10 years uh and summerstown is the story it, it takes place in the uh i guess um i don't know what the uh, a, a poorer part of london mm-hmm. uh and it's got one kid who's a polish immigrant and the other kid who has run away from somewhere like manchester or somewhere in the northern part of england yeah uh and they and they meet each other, and they, I don't know, they become friends, and they get into trouble, and they, it's, it's it's not really about anything, it's it's just sort of, uh, it's about 70 minutes long, it's a very quick nice. movie. Um, and it's, and it's, it's great, and the the, the English kid is the same uh, as the star of This Is England, it's okay. the same actor, I can't remember his name right now.
0: Summerstown, I haven't, I literally have not heard of it.
1: Uh yeah, it played for a week at the New Art here. Oh okay. Um earlier this year. Um and uh another movie that um I'm not just mentioning is because it stars a friend of the show, but uh Medicine for Melancholy. Yeah. Um which among everyone who's seen it uh is very talked about and loved, but yeah. it's just I don't think enough people saw it. Uh it's I I I guess it's a mumblecore movie, but I I don't really know what that means anymore. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that ever meant. Yeah. Um I th- I think it I think it was I think someone was just too eager to place a label on something that was very brief, yeah, you know, and and wasn't even didn't even gel into a real thing. Did but, Mumblecore really happen? That was one of my vlogs, yes, yeah, but that one. was about let them chirp a while, not yep. about medicine for melancholy. Uh, but yeah, it, st- it starts front of the show. Why it's an Yeah, um, it's a movie about it's it's about San Francisco, mm-hmm. but it's about gentrification in general, which, uh, um. We've seen in the cities we've lived in, you know, particularly, I mean, the the neighborhood that we lived in in Chicago for the largest stretch of time, you know, the way it looks now or the last time I saw it Mm -hmm. and the way it looked in in 2002 when we moved in there, uh, uh, there are big differences. Really? When when you step off the train, you know, it used to be like that greasy chicken place, a discount clothing store. Yeah, uh, I can't remember boarded those... it up
0: businesses. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and and now it's all hair salons and Thai cafes and stuff hmm. right there. You Interesting. Know? Um, it's it's uh, gentrification is is a big deal, and I am definitely part of the problem because I'm white middle class sub- suburban person who moved into a city. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I I live in an area of Hollywood right now that's right in the middle. Yeah, uh, you know, like it if you go a block north of me you've got people living out of their cars yeah. if you go a block south of me you're in Larchmont and you've got you know huge houses so one
0: could go so far as to say no. that you're okay <laughs> <laughs> you knew where I was headed yeah. with that okay um yeah i uh, i i still haven't seen it uh i was really excited to um because uh why it was in it but uh but yeah i still haven't it's on dvd now right yeah okay it is all right, I will I will have to give it a watch. Um I've got a couple. One is a film that uh I saw on a plane. Huh. And uh it surprised me how much I enjoyed it. It's not a great movie, but it's not a lot of people know about it and uh it was a kids movie called The Spiderwick Chronicles. Oh, I didn't see that. I wanted to. It's really fun. And it's just and what I like about it is that it's not afraid to be dark and scary as like some of the best kids movies and kids' stories are. I love kids' movies. It just
1: occurred to me that I, I think the last three films I've seen in the theater are Where the Wild Things Are, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> um, and so... <laughs> my, 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 my my ticket stub collection could be uh, evidence against me <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I were a suspect a suspect in some sort of uh, <laughs> kinder mortar case. What was Ch- that? Child murder. Yes, okay. But
0: in German because I was um. referencing M keep up yeah sorry i'm very smart we're on 2008 um <laughs> so Spiderwick chronicles yeah it's just it it has a, you know it it really does a, a good job of creating this world of it's basically you know these kids in this big scary house and they uh find themselves like transported into this world that they didn't know about and uh and there's you know and, and as they discover the the rules of this world and, and stuff like that's really interesting but uh uh Freddie, uh uh Highmore I believe his name is uh who is in sure. who's in Finding Neverland uh and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh he's in it. He plays Twins and uh and he's able to uh do a very good American accent. And he's an actor who I feel like right, yes. I remember he's really someone to watch cuz he just he really takes those characters and uh much like much like uh, every other like child character in a kid's movie that has come out lately, like his parents I think are divorced or he never yeah. sees his father, so like he has issues with that. But more specifically, he plays two characters who have different issues with that, and uh, and so it's a really good performance. But like really good effects, and it's just it's a it's a, just a fun movie as far as kids movies go. I feel like not many people talked about it. it was kind of like bridge to terabithia uh-huh. not many people really talked about it but it was really worth watching and really a just a a, st- a strong example of, of the genre uh speaking of
1: like kids child actors to watch out for do you ever get uh sad when you think about haley joel osman i do it does like i know there's a tendency to be like ironic like uh and and, and sort of like laugh at the plight of someone who uh I I feel like in the culture, that's it's sort of like a laughable thing. Like, oh, look how far he's fallen. You know, like when he in two thousand six when he got into a car accident. Do you remember that in the news? Yeah. And he was driving a nineteen ninety five Saturn, which is what I drive. (laughs) And uh, there's a tendency to sort of like make fun of it, but
0: it really just kind of makes me sad. Yeah, because I'm sure he's still a good actor. Yeah. You know, but I just I think people just stopped seeing him a certain way. They thought of him as like, oh, what an amazing child actor. I imagine he could probably be an amazing adult actor. Okay, you yeah. don't care. All right. Um, maybe
1: he'll, you know, have maybe he'll have a Jackie Earl, Earl Haley uh,
0: in th- what thirty years, forty yeah. maybe. All right. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, he was good, and it does, it does, it does make me sad what uh, what happened to him. But uh, but yeah, so uh, what do you think it was? Well, I mean, I mean, it was. I think a big part of it was the fact that the movies
1: he made after Six Sense were Pay It Forward and Secondhand Lions. He also made AI, and he was. That's Wonderful right. in AI, yeah, but that wasn't uh, really a beloved movie. I don't think that's true. Uh, um, you, know, you know, I think he he followed up, you know, one of the hugest hits of the '90s with uh, yeah with some stuff that didn't, and, and people I think people wrote him off. It really, although, is sad. I yeah, although thinking it made, about it.
0: you know, it made sense to do AI. You know, work with Spielberg and then oh, like, yeah. oh I get to work with Kevin Spacey. Oh, I get to work with Michael Caine and Robert Duvall. Like, why would I say no to that? You know, yeah. but the, yeah, the movies themselves. You no, know, just if people you were, were an actor, different too.
1: Yeah, if you were like a, a working film actor, okay, would you choose roles just based on whom
0: you got to work with? Whoa, yeah, whom you got to work with. Uh, well, I don't know if that's the only thing I would uh, <laughs> consider, but it might be a big consideration if I had the opportunity to work with a Robert Duvall or something like that. Then uh, yes, okay, I, I don't care if it's uh the the sixth day the seventh day. The sequel, and his character's been brought back through cloning. You um, ruined the end of the sixth day for our listeners. What? He gets brought back. Oh, right. I guess I just said that he... Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Spiderwick Chronicles to get back you to... You know I've uh, seen the sixth day twice.
1: I didn't know that. Can you
0: believe that? Well, I assume once was in the cl- in class. I still
1: haven't seen the proposition. But I've seen the
0: sixth tape <laughs> twice.
1: Yeah, we did watch it in the class.
0: There you go. So there's an excuse right there. But did I had you see already it? seen
1: it when we watched it in the class.
0: Right. Well, that's that's fine. You, if you saw it again after watching it in class, <laughs> that's, that's when the problem comes in. You were forced to watch it the second time.
1: Yeah, and I slept through most of it, too. Yeah. The second time. Yeah, you slept through a lot of that class. Um,
0: right, you can't then, get
1: me up. If I have to wake up via alarm clock... Yeah, you know, I don't care what time of the day it is. Yeah. If I did not wake up naturally, and then ninety minutes later I'm in a dark room, yeah, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't care what it is. I don't know how they, I, when when we were watching a movie that I actually wanted to watch in film school, it was so difficult for me. I had to like, like, dig my fingernails into my hand, or like bite my lip, or I had to do things to keep myself awake.
0: You cut yourself. Well, there are other reasons. Uh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's because I was dirty. Um, (laughs) So, uh, and then another movie that nobody saw in 2008 is a Paul Schrader film called Adam Resurrected uh, with Jeff Goldblum. I just saw it. It's on Netflix. Watch instantly. It has what I believe to be Jeff Goldblum's best performance ever. Um, He plays a Holocaust survivor who is. uh, uh, Oh, I wanted to see that. Yeah. His character is insane. This
1: kind of uh relates
0: to Unleashed in a way. Yeah, it really does actually. Yeah. Uh, and oh, Willem I... Defoe plays a a, a a commandant uh at the at the camp where he was uh who said that basically he can sur- he'll survive if he acts as the commandant's dog. Like a literal like uh Bob Hoskins looks very benevolent all of a sudden in Unleashed because he didn't actually require that Danny act like a dog. Uh-huh. And the scenes in which, so Jeff Goldblum, it's also one of the most fearless performances I've ever seen because he has to act like a dog, as if his life depended on it. And so, the, and what's more, Willem Dafoe, who his character clearly has problems psychologically, like uh-huh. he treats him like a dog. He doesn't treat him like a person playing a dog. So, like Jeff Goldblum, like come up and like you know like nuzzle like uh, Willem Dafoe's leg all of this to try and curry favor so that Willem Defoe will make sure that Jeff Goldman's family is also not killed um and and like uh Goldman like will drool and stuff and and uh Defoe like scratches him behind the ear it's really uh, uncomfortable to watch but it is just so i mean emotionally vulnerable for uh, on the parts of both both of them like yeah. their scenes are so scary to watch and just so interesting uh, and it's just, uh, and it's Paul Schrader who of course is a, a little bit insane himself. Uh, and it's just, it's a movie that kind of snuck up on me. Did, did I you see it... his, um, mm-hmm? Exorcist prequel? I did. You saw his version? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. You liked it more than I did. I thought it was, I expected it to be better, but, uh, but it had its moments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Paul Schrader. We should profile him sometime. Sure. Um, have you listened to the commentary
1: on, uh, Last Mutation of Christ? No. It's 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 he does a commentary by himself. Right. It's it's very good. What's
0: that little wry grin on your face? Is he's, he crazy? Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Oh, I don't doubt that. <laughs> you can't write. What do you write? T- uh, taxi driver. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You can't write Taxi Driver and not be not the best uh, social animal. Um, all right. So, do you have anything for two thousand nine? Nope. Okay. I have one thing which we've talked about in the past, which is Adventureland, which is a film that just nobody cared about it at the box office. Um, and people I know, it, it, people seem to have discovered it on video a little bit, but um, or DVD. But uh, but it's a film that just, if you've not seen it, give it a watch. If we as we've talked about before, it's not just this dumb comedy about like, oh look at your look at this guy's crazy job. It's actually a very touching and uh, emotional uh, romance.
1: It's also kind of frustrating. It was for me kind of frustrating. In what way? Because I just wanted to kind of. There are a couple of points in the movie where I kind of just want to grab him by the shoulders and smack him in the face and tell him oh, yeah. to grow the fuck up.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah, and you but know. that's that's good. I mean, you're and I did as well, where you're just very emotionally involved in in yeah. in the the story and in these characters. But he's I not really...
1: like um, I'm trying to think of the uh, example. He's not like again like the movie the, or the trailers and uh, the in the marketing sort of made it look like he's the the like. Uh, outsider ironic like uh, hero you know like he's cooler than everything else that's going
0: on you know but no in a lot of ways he's part of the problem
1: yeah And, and that's what makes the movie so interesting
0: yeah it's really i gotta tell you just in general uh last 10 years were those were that was the decade of eisenberg jesse eisenberg time and time again has really proven himself to be a great actor who seems more limited than he actually is. Uh-huh. Like if you see him in Roger Dodger, you're like, I know, I know every role this guy's gonna play forever, and he has kind of played roles like that. But, but he de-
1: again, what I'm saying is, and it's part of the the script. Uh, what's yeah. the guy who who made uh, uh, Greg, the guy who made Matola? Yeah, Matola. He yeah. wrote the script too. Okay, uh, yeah. for Adventureland. It's yeah. So part of it is the script, but it is. Yeah, eventually the role he plays seems like the role you would have thought that he was going to play when you saw him in Roger Dodger. Yeah. You know, but he does things that you don't expect. Yeah,
0: and the same goes with um, with Zombieland and The Squid and the Whale where he plays what can only be described as the Jesse Eisenberg slash Michael Sarah role. But he does things – he hits different notes than you would expect. So and, if Jesse uh,
1: Eisenberg is the poor man's Michael Sarah. is Anton Yelchin the poor man's Jesse Eisenberg?
0: No, I don't think so because just uh, uh anton uh, Yelchin seems actually uh i think more confident at times, okay um like I saw him in uh he just seems plucky, you know he seems like uh he's like a Jimmy Olsen type really okay I mean I'm thinking of him in like huff or he doesn't seem nerdy in huff though uh okay he just seems... i didn't I didn't see uh uh what was it called Charlie Bartlett? I didn't see it either. But in Star Trek, he's just more plucky than anything. He's not necessarily a, like a nerd or anything like that. But, uh, oh shoot. You know what? Real quick, going to go back to 2006. There's a movie called The King that bothered me so much, I have a hard time recommending it. But as far as, uh, it's emotionally. Does that star Gail Garcia Bernal? Yes, it does. And William Hurt. Ah, I didn't know that. And, uh, and it is, uh, basically about, uh, this, uh, Pastor in a church who, before he became a, a, a Christian, he was kind of a lived kind of a wild life and uh, knocked up this girl and then left her and then her son Gael Garcia Bernal gets out of the navy years later and seeks this guy out who he now has a family and uh, you know is a pastor of this church and it's really interesting because just again great performances uh, particularly by William Hurt who. Uh, you expect him to do certain things uh because oh a pastor with a with a past um, mm-hmm. you know i feel i know what i'm going to get from this but he actually it's a wonderful performance by by him and i highly recommend it the king it is also remarkably depressing so okay. uh so yeah that's oh man this has been going a while we we thought this was going to be short yeah we're idiots
1: we are should we maybe split this up
0: into two ugh I mean, we nah. release them on the same day, but nah. Let's just leave it. Okay. People are going to listen to it in segments anyway, I assume. Okay, so uh, yeah, we'll just do that. All right, but you, uh,
1: you heard it. It's Tyler's decision. If you are, are unhappy that
0: you had a, a one hundred and ten minute podcast, it's <laughs> Tyler's decision. All right, anyway, so uh, you can always email us Tyler at battleshippretension David at battleshippretension dot com. You can follow David on Twitter at the Pretension. You can follow Tyler. At more lessons. That was a cute thing we did. It was.
1: Uh, it was pretty adorable. Yeah, and, uh, you know, write, give us a review on iTunes. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. It would help. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.